Welcome to Water from the Well, a work of the Church of Christ in Santa Clara. So I'm here today with Jared and Hannah Nettles, and we're going to talk about uh, how they became Christians. You know, why do they believe married couples, um, through the years especially, start to operate as one? And um, it'll be interesting to hear your conversion stories from an individual point of view, then as you came together as a married couple and the perspective that you had then. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Hannah, um, and I'll ask you, uh, what influenced you to become a Christian? Um, I would say probably the greatest thing is my mom is a first-generation Christian, so there's a certain amount of um, fire in her belly for God <laughs> that just exudes from her. My dad was raised in the church, so there's kind of a steadiness that comes from him. So combine that, it just put a fire back in me too. And that was, I raised with, I was raised with basically nothing else but God. God was the center of everything. Amen. Good, good. How about you, Jared? (laughs) Um, So I was definitely raised in a, you know, quote unquote Christian household. By that, I mean, I, my parents were Christians. My grandparents were Christians. My aunts and uncles were all Christians. And, you know, I went to the same church from the time I was about five, six years old until I was 21 years old. Um, But I didn't get baptized until I was 17. Actually, I I may have been almost 18, um, but uh, yeah, I was about 17 years old. And I took a long time, probably a little bit too long, uh, before I made the decision. But um, I wanted to make sure that my faith was my own. It was something for me as a teenager, something that was extremely complicated. What did all of this mean? What was I signing up for? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does this commitment that you're being asked to make actually mean for the long haul? Mm-hmm. Um, it was not a decision that I took lightly. Um, it was a source of frustration to my family that I was taking so long to make that decision. And at the time, I didn't know how to articulate it particularly well, but... Uh, with many years to reflect on it, I think that was that was definitely it. I was trying to figure out what what does this actually mean. Um, it's deep. It's multi layered. Every time I peeled another bit of the onion back, it felt like okay, now there's something even deeper here. Uh, but ultimately, I had to realize there was never going to be any sign. There's never going to be any like great sign from heaven that you know it's time to become a Christian, <laughs> Jared, and. You also never figure it all out, ever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, uh, fifteen odd years later, since becoming a Christian, I still don't have it anywhere close to figured out, yeah. and I accept the fact that I never will. Right, right. Uh, because you know, I spend a lot of time talking with those who are older, and they still don't have it figured out, and they also admit that they never will. Thirty years here, <laughs> and still don't yeah. have it figured out. So yeah, um, you're right. So. I had to force myself to become comfortable with that, mm-hmm. a certain amount of yielding uh, myself. But that doesn't stop me from trying to figure it all out. Right. Good, good. So, so w- how old were you again when you were baptized? I believe I was 17. Do you remember? I was not around. I, I know you weren't around, but <laughs> I, 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 I was 17 or 18. <laughs> I, I remember it was the day before a birthday. I want to say it was the day before I turned 18. Okay. So, all right. Uh, how about you, Hannah? I was eight years old, eight which, years old. you know, some people have their opinions about that. And mm-hmm. reflecting on it, yeah, I for sure didn't know the commitment I was making. I didn't mm-hmm. know the depth of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jared and I have both had conversations about this, and he has his wariness of 
my decision at the time. But mm. even at eight years old, I knew that I wanted to dedicate my life to God. Like this mm. was my plan. This was my intention. Like why, why would I wait to right. dedicate myself like that? And, you know, over the years it's kind of have renewed times of mm. understanding what that meant and, mm-hmm. you know, disciplining yourself. But I still have absolutely no regrets of setting my intention and setting my path at that age. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of eight-year-olds wouldn't be in that position, but um, I just, I felt prepared of this is the direction I'm heading in. Let's do it now. Right. You know, I I wonder if uh, any of that has to do with being raised in a Christian home, because both of you were. Yeah. And um, and my kids were. My kids, all three of them, were baptized pretty early on. Um, And I wonder if that has uh, anything to do with shaping you at an earlier uh, degree, like what you said, Hannah. You said that... um, that you already knew you wanted to serve God for the for the rest of your life when you were eight yeah. years old. But like myself, I wasn't baptized until I was 27. But I didn't grow up in the church. And so uh, at that time, things were a little bit new to me. Now, I, I do want to ask you to this question, though, because since you were raised in a Christian home, did you feel like when you made the decision... Um, it was your decision and not just shaped by the environment around you or just kind of like, well, everybody in the household is a Christian now, so I, I'm going to do it too. I'll start with you, Hannah, and then Jared. Um, my sister had been baptized a couple months before me, and so it was something that was certainly on my mind. But my parents were also very skeptical of that and for that reason of, you know, you're not just doing what your sister's doing. You're not following the crowd. So they pretty much grilled me. They put me through the ringer of why mm-hmm. and sat yeah. me down and looked at the ber- the verses in the Bible and discussed what this meant. And, you know, because I was so young and, you know, this has to be your decision. And are you prepared to make that type of commitment to your life for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and the consequences that happen if you don't follow through? Right. And they wanted to make sure I was taking that seriously. And once they were satisfied <laughs> with that answer, they said, OK, we'll support you. And, you know, the rest is history yes, at this point. <laughs> Jared? Yeah, mine was a little different. My family is much more like, well, it's about time, <laughs> finally. <laughs> um, they, you know, she, she and Hannah alluded to this a minute ago, but um, I've thought a lot about this. And I've watched a lot of kids that grow up in, again, Christian households, and they get baptized very early. Um and I'm not going to pretend to know all of those reasons, but I've seen, I've also seen a lot of kids, they get baptized really early and, you know, then they flame out and they fall away right. when they're, when they're older teenagers or they're early adults. And, you know, I, I can only imagine it's because they didn't know what they were signing up for. Mm-hmm. They got out into the world and then they weren't ready and the world swallowed them up. They fell away into sin. Yeah. Um, and for me, you know, I was obviously older. I already admitted I probably waited a little bit too long. There was a little bit of stubbornness there. But, you know, I I knew what I was getting myself into for the most part. Right. I knew what I was giving up mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and, you know, we ta- in the church we talk a lot about the age of accountability. Well, what's the age of accountability? Well, nobody knows. Right. Okay. And it's going to be different for everybody. You know, Hannah was, says she was eight years old and she felt compelled to make the decision. I'm never going to question someone who says, no, I, I need to do this. Right. Yeah. Um, so long as a parent, so long as the parent is comfortable with it and they're obviously thoughtful about it, then I would never question that. Uh, but, you know, I go back to the scripture. What's the only age limit that we've ever seen in the scripture for accountability? And it's when the Israelites were in the wilderness and they disobeyed God. And God said, 
everyone 21 years and older will fall in the wilderness for 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 the sin of the people 20 years old no okay well that's the only age limit that you see and i would never think to impose that on anybody but it does give you a bit of a window into the mind of god he, he said 20 years old no uh and so yeah i look at some of these 13 14 year olds and even younger in a lot of cases and they're terrified that they're going to hell. And they're like, I got to get baptized. I got to get baptized. Well, hmm. may, maybe not. Does a 12-year-old really, really understand everything that they're committing themselves to? Maybe. But then again, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm a fan of waiting a little bit longer, I, <laughs> I think, than, than most people do. But again, you know, that's, that's my opinion. I'm not going to try to impose that on anybody. Right, right. So. You know, I, I had similar thoughts with my kids because, they, again, they got baptized, all three of them pretty young. But um, what, I, what I, I did, I grilled them too. And, uh, and I let Mike grill them as well. Yeah, it's a backup grill. But, the um, preacher grill. Yeah, preacher yeah. grill. But um, the thing is, though, is it, for me, I needed them to at least understand what they were doing, the, the initial aspect of what they were doing, that they understood uh, what Jesus did for them, what baptism represented, and that they were committing themselves to following the book. And um, as long as as long as they understood that, then yeah, like you said, we're we're growing all the time. And they're going to grow till death. So um, you know, uh, there's there's a certain latitude I, I, that I think we have to give them around um, around when they're ready. At, at least I felt like okay, well, I'm not going to stop them. You know, I didn't, didn't want to have that on my conscience. I think was the sure. I mean, like you know, we we've got three kids. Yeah. My, my oldest boy Gabriel's just turned six years old. If he came to me tonight and said, Dad, I want to be a Christian, I'd be like, you don't know what you're talking Wait about. Wait a minute, you, yeah. You don't know what you're asking for, okay? It's a, it's a little bit like when um, when James and John asked Jesus, you know, grant it that your servants be seated on your right yeah. hand and on your left. And Jesus says to him, you don't know what you're talking, you don't know what you're asking for. Yeah. Okay? You know, That's first right. of all, it's not mine to give, but, you know, mm-hmm. you don't you don't really know what you're talking about here. Yeah. So it's a little bit like that. Now, you know, get up there into 10, 11, 12 years old. Okay, well, let's talk yeah, seriously about it. But again, I'm probably going to push you more toward, mm-hmm. you know, I want to make sure you have a full understanding. Right. 15 years old, 16 years old, I'm not going to stop you. Right. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good. So long, good as I, so long as I feel that commitment. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what, I mean, that's what being a Christian is. Right. And this is all through the book of John. Mm-hmm. Commitment, commitment, commitment. What yeah. Jesus desires is commitment. Yeah. And if I, if I see that in a person and I, or I see that in my, my children, mm-hmm. then, then you're ready to go on. You're right. ready to commit. Yeah, and, you know, and, that, and that's why I asked the two of you the question, especially in a Christian home, if you felt like you, you had your own identity as a Christian rather than being influenced by, you know, those that you, you lived with. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Even amongst <laughs> you, ourselves yeah. here, like the way we were raised, as mm-hmm. well as our own household, there's definitely, like, different perspective and background and approach to how we do it. Like, just for example of how we got baptized, I was like, let's do this. Let's go right. for it and take the plunge. And Jared's like, uh, yeah. let me think about that. I for several to, years, let me I think about to, <laughs> I need to take time and mm-hmm. study all the bits and pieces. That's just how we both tend to approach anything. So it's very much prevalent in our own home of mm-hmm. well i think well we need to go through every jot and tittle you know for yeah, a good balance for yeah. each other <laughs> well good and now that you mentioned the balance for each other how did the two of you meet um <laughs> we went to the fc booster club camp in the chicagoland area 
So essentially church camp, you know, mm-hmm. unofficially dubbed yeah. it. And because they're... The FC people would disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's based, you go to Bible study every day. Yeah, so right. It's Bible kind study, of church camp. Singing, yeah. um, it's very, very encouraging of Christian yeah. young people. So it's, mm-hmm. it's an amazing opportunity. And, you know, it was my thing that I looked forward to every year that I got to go. And over that time, um, I was aware of Jared. My sister is around his age and I would just see him in the groups and... One of my young friends at the time actually had a crush on him. So I was just aware of his presence, but was too terrified to ever speak of him <laughs> or to him. Terrified of Jerry? It, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was a little different for me. I had no idea she existed. Oh. Yeah. She, uh, I was the I, shy I had girl. no idea. Lurking in the back. She, the she was that girl like off in the corner of the woods yeah. like, watching everyone else. Much more shy uh, and but, intimidated by such a cool guy, I thought, at the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was years later that... Um, uh, she sent me a Facebook friend request, you know, and uh, this is back when Facebook was still cool and it was just for like college, <laughs> really college <laughs> kids, you know. So we yeah, were in college. I post this yeah. on Facebook, so we don't want to get um, it taken down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she sent me a Facebook friend request. And at first I was like, who, who is this girl? I mean, she's pretty, so I'm going to hit accept. <laughs> but, you know, so my cousin reminded me, like, we went to camp with her. And then um, she actually dated my cousin for a while. And then when they broke up, you know, I, I kind of swooped in for the kill. Distant right. cousin. So Don't be yeah, creepy. Distant, co- <laughs> distant cousin, but, but still. Uh, and then we started dating, and we, we were married within two years. Two years, right? Yeah. Yeah, two years. We a got year married. Dating, a year engaged and uh, married. And today actually is our seventh anniversary. Yeah, happy oh, anniversary. Oh, yeah, happy anniversary. Is today? I thought it was yesterday. Today. I, d- I posted on Facebook a okay. little bit early. Oh, <laughs> well, great. Yes. Well, 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 congratulations to both of you. How many years again? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Great, great. So we were married for four months. Yes. And we moved to California. So, so. We, we got married. We grew up and got married in Illinois around all our family. And then like four or five months later after getting married, it's like, okay, let's pack everything up, move to California all by ourselves, um, strangers in a strange land. It was certainly one of the early examples of a leap of faith as a couple that we had to take of knowing God would guide us through this completely unknown territory and experience and Mm -hmm. newlyweds. And and I tell you what, there's, there's no better way to, it's like jumping off the deep end in terms of a relationship and your spiritual life because... There's no safety net when right. you're 1,500 miles away from your nearest family and your friends. And it's, like, okay, you, you have to grow up. There's no being children anymore. Right. You have to grow up and take right. care of each other. Yeah, like you referred to but. before, there's no relying on the culture and your family that mm-hmm. you're used to and having that safe environment. It was very much you and me, honey. Yeah, yeah. And um, let me ask you this, and I think I already know what I'm going to uh, hear from you, but... Uh, how important do you think it was for both of you to be Christians before you got married and especially made a move like that? How important was it? Well, we, I wouldn't have been interested in her if she wasn't a Christian. Mm. Same here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my number one criteria, dating right. anyone. It was if they were not a Christian and didn't have the same goals in life that I had, then there was not a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I should admit what I said. Um, it's not that I wouldn't have been interested and um, because that doesn't do justice to the many people that, you know, they meet someone special and then they convert them. So right. what, what I, what I really mean by as a, that I wouldn't have been interested is did she have a heart for God? Mm-hmm. Um, is she interested in spiritual things? Is she, you know, there's lots of Christians out there who, who don't even fit those qualifications, but they've been dunked and yeah. they've got the label on them. That's true. Um, so it was getting to know her. She was a Christian. She obviously had a love for God and she had a love for the truth. 
And I could tell she would be a partner with me in that, both mm-hmm. for my sake and, you know, any children that we had in the future. And now we've got three. Yeah. Uh, so it was very, very important to me. And, and I know it was to her, too, that we find that we both found somebody who wanted the same things there. Uh, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's worked so far. <laughs> <laughs> Seven years it's worked. Yes. So uh, I think we're doing okay on that. Wonderful. So now you uh, mentioned that you have three kids. Um, how has uh, being a Christian uh, molded you as a parent? I'll start with you, Hannah. Um, I think the most interesting part of becoming a mother was <coughs> it enlightened me so much more to my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. The the patience, the endurance, yeah. the complete selflessness. Like with him sending Jesus and knowing just what that meant there's mm-hmm. the idea of it that i had before but once i looked my own child in the eyes and really thought about what that meant like in the sense of what he sacrificed for us right. and in the sense of um the forgiveness and the love and always having grace ready mm-hmm. to go like yeah. no matter what they do and no matter what they do <laughs> like the frustrations <laughs> that they present you love them at the end of the day you want them to behave and to correct their behavior right. mm-hmm. and if when they do stray you're nurturing pushing them back to the line mm-hmm. so it just it gave me a lot more patience for my child as i've been raising them like we said my oldest is 6 now so it gives gives me a lot more perspective with him and for my own relationship with god it makes me more grateful and feel a much more an intimate relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good. And uh, I'm thankful to have a guiding star for for raising my children. Mm-hmm. And uh, or you know, there's there's very clear objectives and key results to to bring in uh, some work parlance there. <laughs> of uh, I know what my objective is with my children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this gets mentioned a couple times through Scripture, and it gets called out very clearly in Malachi, and I can't remember book, chapter, and verse in Malachi ever, but he's talking to the priest. God's talking to the priest, and he tells him, what did I desire from you? Faithful offspring. Yeah, right. Um, and so I try to imagine that he said that to me. What do you desire from me, Lord? Faithful offspring. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that helps orient every decision that I make that affects my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my ultimate goal with them is to raise Christians who will in turn raise their own Christian children. And the cycle will continue even after I'm gone. Right. Um, not people in the world don't have that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends out in the world and, you know, some of them do really well, but some of them, their families are a mess. Some mm-hmm. of my own family who aren't Christians, their families are a mess. Mm-hmm. Their kids are all over the place. And it's because they're not aiming for anything. Mm. They don't have anything driving their, you know, what what are you raising them toward? Like what what type of child do you hope to have here at the end of your 18, 20, 25 years that you get to raise them? Um, I know exactly what I want. Uh, from from my children, and that's that's extremely helpful. And it it's always nice to have clarity, right? You feel people feel comfortable with clarity. And mm-hmm. if you're a Christian and you're raising kids, 
you have clarity. You know right. exactly what your goal is yeah. to raise little Christians. There you go. <laughs> I think that's been actually a unifying factor for our relationship as mm-hmm. Christian parents. Like we are very eye to eye, equally yoked on our expectations of our children mm-hmm. and the goals we have with them and the discipline and the follow through. And, you know, people say you don't have a, a manual for raising your child, but we certainly do. So mm-hmm. we, we, right. have, we have quite a partnership when it comes to our parenting as Christians. Yeah, yeah, good, good. You know, um, I have often thought that becoming a parent was a, a huge step for me in being a Christian. I feel like I was growing kind of slowly, but once I became a, a parent, I understood that dynamic, and I, th- I thought so many things about how God must uh, think of me, yeah. you know, and, and be- because of the way I thought of my relationship with my kids um, and, you know, what they needed how they needed guidance, how there's certain things they were never going to understand. Well, they'd understand it when they got older, but not at that age. Um, And so uh, I started to understand how God must look at me and how I should respond to God to please him. And and I learned a lot of that, I believe, through parenting. Yes. And it also gives you kind of a mirror back at yourself when you have realized that you may have not been acting recently as you should have because they start reflecting it back at you and yeah. very quickly it, it <laughs> you very accountable for your own behavior as well yeah. as theirs yes it does it's a very quick mirror into your own mm-hmm. own behavior right oh, I, I gotta change that <laughs> that's right okay uh so i'm going to ask each of you uh, how are you most thankful that being a christian has changed your life and i'll start with hannah i mean for my life i basically know nothing else because I was baptized Mm -hmm. so young. It's very near and dear part of me. The most of my life has been through the filter, as I put it, of God. Like everything I do, every choice I've made, or at least the majority of them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, there are those years that you struggle. Sure, sure. But like they've all been through the the lens of what does God expect from me? Where is he leading me? How is he using me? So I... I would like to say I have some great revelation, but I honestly know no different because that has been my entire life. Mm-hmm. Good. Thank you. Jerry. For me, uh, like a recent example is, um, again, it provides clarity. Mm-hmm. What What is most important to me in life? All right. Well, serving God's most important. What does God want from me? Uh what does he want from my family? And what is my relationship with my wife and with my children? And what are the expectations of that? Um, people in the world don't have that type of clarity, and so they struggle with these things, and they end up, you know, their, their kids end up a mess. They end up in messy right. divorces. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, it, it happens so often, it's almost cliched at this point. Sure is. And um, there's, you know, like I said, a good recent example is, not about a year ago, I was you know, climbing the corporate ladder. I was on a really solid career track, but I was working ridiculous hours. I was working late every night. I was even after the kids went to bed, I was popping open the laptop and working mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. till midnights a lot of night. I was working on weekends, and um, if if it was all about the work, then I was doing exactly what was right. I was doing all the right things to keep climbing that ladder to keep. You know, to keep making more money, to keep getting more stock options, all the things, to mm-hmm. keep getting promoted. Um, but then about 10, 11 months ago, she sat me down and said, 
things have got to change. Mm-hmm. You know, take your time, but find a new job because you can't keep going like this. You're you're not able to fulfill your obligations as a father, as a husband, as mm-hmm. a Christian with mm-hmm. with this track. Right. Um, and there's a lot of responses to that, right? I could have said, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. You know, I'm doing this for the family. Yeah, I'm doing it for the family, for right? Sure, sure. And, you know, it's not – I'm not going to pretend that I came to this realization instantly. But, mm-hmm. you know, after some reading, after some prayer, after some thought and reflection, I was like, she's absolutely right. I've yeah. got to get out of this situation because, one, it's not healthy for me physically. Right. Um, uh, it definitely wasn't healthy for my marriage. And if she's unhappy with a situation that I'm creating in the household – then, then God's certainly not happy with right. the choices that I'm making. I'm not spending enough time with her or with my kids mm. or on him and the church. Right. Um, so I set out to change that, and I did. And I took a different job. I mean, I was blessed, and I got to mm-hmm. stay at the same company, and I, I still got to do some reasonably interesting work. But I'm not, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm not on the same career track as I was. I'm not going to get promoted as fast as I would have been. I'm not Mm going to make as much money as I might have. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, none of those things matter. No. I'm supposed to be laying up treasure in heaven. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be raising godly offspring. I'm supposed to be helping my wife get to heaven. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to create trying to create situations in our lives that make that easier and not harder. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, So that, I'm thankful for if you ask me, you ask me what I'm thankful for being a Christian, mm-hmm. creating change in my life. It's opportunities like that that, yeah. Yeah. that force me to reevaluate decisions that I've made, whether consciously or subconsciously, that have led us down a certain path. And we can go, oh, we need to course correct because this isn't sustainable. This isn't where we should be. Let's move back over here. Right, right. Good, good. Well, I want to thank both of you for sharing and uh I'm going to be praying for you. Um, One thing that I'm going to add that has been a blessing to both of you that I know for a fact (laughs) (laughs) by being Christians is that you were able to seven some odd years ago leave where you were, come to someplace else and still have a family. Yes. And we were blessed to have you come and be part of our family here. Um, And I know that when you leave and you go back wherever you're going or go to wherever you're going, they're gonna, you're going to have a family there. Yeah, that and was the most comforting thing. Walk yeah. in here and instantly know we're at home with our members of the church. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Going off, I mean, going off meeting, like I said, strangers in a strange land. But, you know, in the back of your head, you know, the church is universal. It's yeah. everywhere. You walk, you walk in a door you've never seen before, but you know there's going to be a group of people in there who will instantly connect with you mm-hmm. and be sympathetic to you and reach out to you and they will love you. Why and why do they love you? They have they've never seen you before. They may have never even heard your name or your family name before. Uh but you can still create instantly deep connections with people and it's all because of you know the love and the grace of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well thanks for sharing your conversion story. We've had Jared and Hannah Nettles sharing with us why they believe. Thank you for listening. For more about us, check us out at truthseekers.org. There you'll find our links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.